When you become hyper-focused on what you sell, who you serve, and how you generate leads, your business will excel. Entrepreneurs shouldn't be stuck. It's unnecessary, it's frustrating, and unfortunately, it's where most of us end up landing. Your business should serve you, your dreams, and the future you set out to create. So let's destroy the myth that you have to work 60, 80, or 120 hours a week in order to make your dreams a reality. I'm Jay. And I'm India. This is the Marketing Breakthrough Podcast. Let's Let's get get to it. it. If you had asked me two years ago if I knew what I sold, I would say, well, yeah, of course I know. I absolutely know. Because that's what you say. Oh, absolutely. Because if you say, I don't know, then you sound like a dope. But then if you say, I mean, you have to sell it. You have to like own that you know and you're in complete control. Okay, so you said you knew and you were convinced that you knew. Mm -hmm. Did you know? Looking back, absolutely not. (laughs) 100%. I was so confused. I I was lost. I, I didn't know. And honestly, I was trying so hard to be like everyone else. I was trying so hard to be that marketing agency that was going to look a certain way and and be a certain way and we were going to be this this thing in my head and in reality none of that was good. It was terrible and it was messy and it was confusing. Let's be honest. We'll be real. India's putting herself on the chopping block, but our business is together. I'm 100% in the same boat. Mhm. Exactly. Even Actually, I even thought of a YouTube video that I created. It snowed at our house, and I went out on the road. It was really fun, but I went out to take photos, and I did this video of, like, snowy Old Day Creek Road and taking photos, and it wasn't me. It was Jay trying to create a video like Peter McKinnon, like another photographer. It didn't matter. It wasn't real. And so... What you sell, do you actually know? This came up because the other day we had this amazing conversation with an amazing entrepreneur. And in the conversation, I realized it was one of those moments where you kind of self-analyze what's going on in that exact moment. And I probably wasn't actually talking. It was probably Jay that was talking to him. And then I was just listening in. But... I was analyzing the whole thing and I was like, oh my gosh, like two years ago, I could never be in this situation, this confident, this clear, this ready to do anything, to work together with this guy. And now I was thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm ready. Like I'm here. I know. I'm completely confident. If he wants to work with us, great. If he doesn't, oh well, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I knew exactly what I had to offer, and I was confident in it. Oh my gosh, it made sense. Absolutely. Okay, so in that conversation, we were talking, and what he needed wasn't entirely what we offer. So we didn't feel like we had to make ourselves fit into his box. Mm -hmm. We realized that if he wants to work with us, he fits into our box. Everyone listening... I want you to pause. If you are like running right now, if you're like half listening, if you're like, oh, that was like good. I want you to focus. Listen, because what Jay just said was amazing. 
If you want to succeed in your business, you do not need to change yourself to fit into someone else's box and expectations. If it is going to work and you are clear on what you're selling and you know exactly what you have to offer and it fits you perfectly, they will want to morph into fitting into your box. I want to jump in on what India said a few moments ago when she was talking about analyzing this conversation that I was having with an entrepreneur. Did I just drop magic bomb as well? Did yes, I say it's, some magic? It's oh my exactly. gosh. No, we're going to uncover that. We'll get there. Um, so in this conversation, India said that it was like she was analyzing this. So the imagery that I saw was the inner self, like walking away. So you see this in movies, you know, when somebody like separates from mind and body, like one of my favorite movies is people, you might judge me for this, but is hot rod. And so <laughs> it's the best, you know, when <laughs> you know, in the movie, when Dave gets a piece of metal in his eye and, oh my gosh. and then he's like retelling the story and he's like, I was tripping on LSD. And then I was like, Hey, let's go. And he goes through this whole like monologue on what he was doing. And he talks about what his day was. And so he, you've got this like out of body inner self walking away. Now, back to reality. If that is your inner self, put yourself in a conversation that you've had with a client. Now, let your inner self wander over and sit at the table next to you and eavesdrop on the conversation that is happening. Does your inner self agree? And are they okay with the conversation that is happening? Or... If they could, would they walk over and be like, dude, snap out of it. This I, is not you. I feel like my inner self would have walked up to me and like slapped me and then mocked me and said, you're an idiot. Stop. <laughs> yeah, because India and I had this conversation after the the conversation with the entrepreneur. Then we moved into this conversation of two years ago. Would we have been able to have the same conversation? And it was absolutely not. Because when we're talking about hyper-focused what we're referring to is what is it that you sell? And two years ago, what did we sell? Anything that you asked us to. Mm -hmm. So when it came to anything marketing related, and I'm going to be completely honest and transparent here, that's how we got ourselves into a marketing agency. Because we were offering it if you wanted it. And it wasn't a good fit. It didn't make sense. It wasn't us. And it took a long time for us to snap out of it, realize that the agency model was not something that we wanted to be stuck in, and figure out how to provide what made the most sense for Jay and India and the clients that they served. This brings us to our next point. In order to stay hyper-focused, please avoid the red flag customers or situations. You know the ones where like alarms go off? Don't work with this person. Don't work with this person. And you're like, but they have money. <laughs> <laughs> but they pay their bills. And when I invoice them, they have money. And let me clarify, they may not actually have money. They may be putting on this facade. A lot of times, the red flag customers put on this allure that they have it all figured out. 
but the red flag customers are the ones that you want to stay away from, the red flag clients, whatever you use, you want to stay away from because they are dangerous. They are a red flag. One of my favorite stories about this, it comes from one of our previous clients. It was a custom home builder and they had signed a red flag client and it was it was bad and it just progressively got worse and worse and worse and it was that moment where you know you sign into the contract and you're committed and you're kind of like weary but you're like eh, it's, it's not too bad it's okay we'll just keep going and then you watch it happen and it's like digging yourself a hole that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it was so so bad i went out to this house that was being built and went to do a photo shoot and as i was out there they were installing windows and the client was micromanaging every single detail of this window install so putting on the flashing going through how was the window being carried how is the window being attached and i watched this as the photographer being able to like chuckle in my head if you have kids you know like when somebody else has a kid that's misbehaving and they have to address it and the kids like using their charm to get out of it and you can laugh but if it's your own kid you can't laugh and so i was not the employee being micromanaged but the employees that were knew exactly what they were doing i knew them personally they were competent they were efficient they were skilled and he kept micromanaging how the windows were being installed so much so that i spent i spent about four or five hours on that project they only got a few windows installed because every time they would go to do it he would ask them questions and they would like back up and have to set the window down and go through and explain the process. All of that to say, I sent the owner of the company an email and I said, these two guys are rock stars. Not once were they disrespectful. Not once were they short with him. Not once did they tell him, get back, let me do my job. They listened to him. They made him feel heard and valued and like he was part of it. And it wasn't their role. The person that was the project manager on that would have had to step in and say something. But the window installer, the crew, that was not their role. So coming around to big red flag customers, I want to hone in on this because he was a red flag customer. And I found out that this was not the only scenario that this had happened with. I found out that he did this every single day. He would show up on the job site. He would show up at the house and he would go through and he would nitpick. And not every crew member was as aware and was as respectful as these two guys were. But the focus here is the red flags. Avoid those, even though they have money. Maybe they have really, really deep pockets. It might not be worth your while. Red flag clients can destroy your business. They can destroy your passion. They can affect your relationships. They can change everything. It's not worth it. 
even if you think it's a really, really, really tiny chance that maybe they're not going to be that great to work with, it usually ends up being the tip of the iceberg. And the final piece is be extremely clear in what you sell and how it is communicated. That's good. What does that mean? Was I not clear enough? (laughs) Be more clear. (laughs) Be hyper-focused clear. Being clear in what you sell and how it's communicated really means that you should be able to give an elevator pitch that hits your ideal customer and explains the boundaries of what you have to offer, product or service, in less than a minute. If you can do that instantly, at random, when somebody walks up to you, shakes your hand, introduces themselves and says, oh, what do you do? And you can say this and rattle it off and know without a shadow of a doubt that's exactly what you have to offer That is being extra, extra clear because that is already setting the standard for the boundaries that you are going to set for all of your clients in the future, for all of your customers. An example of this is from the real estate industry. If you are wanting to be hyper-focused, you're wanting to niche down, you're wanting to be able to specifically target your ideal customer, your ideal client in real estate, what if you decided that you were a seller only agent and you only work in the guardrails, the parameters, the home size, the home price of one to $5 million. And you do so in three cities or three counties or three areas. However, your, you know, geographical region is laid out, but you focus on, no, I do this I sell homes, I sell homes that are $1 million to $5 million, and I focus on these three geographical areas. But what if I'm in that elevator and I say, well, I think my house is worth like $800,000. Could you sell it? Would you sell it? But we've, I mean, we have such a great relationship. We've really hit it off. Could you do that for me, please? So there's a couple of options. You can say yes. Obviously, you can say yes. I can do that for you. You're in the geographical area. It's not that big of a shift, but it might be compromising too many values or too many pieces of the equation because there's a lot that goes into that. Or you can say no. I don't because it's outside of that price range. We could try to get it to that price range, but we could just say no and I could have somebody to refer you to. So I have had a common situation with people asking, hey, do you do this? And I've said no, or I don't want to work with this person, or it's just not a good fit, or however the project may go. And I may say, no, I wouldn't do that, but I know exactly who to refer you to. Let's play out the real estate example a little bit more. Jay, I want you to pretend that you said yes, that you were thinking in your head, you know what, I could really use the money. I really want to go on this amazing vacation. Yes, India, I would love to sell your house for $800,000. And then a week goes by and I say, oh man, you know what? I am having the hardest time with finding an agent to help me buy my next house. Would you please, please, please help me buy the next house? Not just sell my house, but buy the next one. We just have such a great relationship. I trust you so much. I hear that it might be a little bit more work, but 
Come on. For starters, you should trust me. I'm your husband. <laughs> Aside from that. Well, no. <laughs> Aside from that, you start making compromises. And so let's just go back to the selling the $800,000 home example. You make that one shift, and it, it may not sound like a lot. So it's you know a fraction of the price. Let's say it's it's. 80 percent to a million dollars and this is if you're if you're looking at this and you're like this doesn't make sense financially like these are this is a way different number than what my product or service sells at maybe you have a service that sells at a thousand two thousand ten thousand dollars and you're like eight hundred thousand it does it does correlate and so what i'm saying is you have specific guardrails in place but in some ways, in some areas, maybe that $800,000 home, the reason that it's not appraising at a million dollars is because of a couple of key factors. And what happens is that you end up selling that, you end up that that goes into your portfolio, whether you post it on your website, you post it on social media, maybe you don't post it anywhere, nobody would actually know, but these people that you sold this house for they start telling their friends how incredible you are, how amazing you are. And then their friends start coming to you and saying, well, I've got this $750,000 house. I've got this. And it's a different clientele looking for sub-million dollar properties than it is looking for million to $3 million or million to $5 million. Okay, so basically you have just compromised a piece of this and it starts to have a ripple effect every mm -hmm. single decision that you make every choice has a ripple effect and it doesn't matter it may be a positive ripple it may be a negative ripple it may be a neutral ripple but ultimately there's a ripple effect so then these sub million dollar homes start coming in start coming as options and all of a sudden you start spending so much more time because now you have to list uh what is it 20 percent more properties than you would have if uh, commission wise mm -hmm. if you would have stayed at that the million to five million but just saying one million to eight hundred thousand you now have to list 20 percent more and so you're working a little bit harder, you're a little bit more exhausted, your family is taking a toll, it's wearing you out, and ultimately it comes down to, are you passionate about it? Mm -hmm. No, there's something that pushed these properties into the million dollar level, and I really, really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the clientele. Because Jay chose to compromise and give in to that, why wouldn't I ask him to compromise on something else? All of a sudden, I just became a red flag client. Now, I don't want to only focus on real estate, but I feel like I've worked with enough real estate agents that it's enough of a pain point and enough of a frustration that you can go from this is my plan, this is what I want to do, this is what I want, I want to accomplish, this is who I want to serve, and all of a sudden you start having this this trickle down, this ripple effect of, well, I made a compromise here, I made a compromise here, I made a compromise here. And all of a sudden, it changes things drastically. Mm -hmm. If you are clear and confident in what you sell and who you're looking to sell to, you will find those leads. You will be able to generate them. 
but you have to communicate it very, very clearly. Becoming hyper-focused on what you sell, who you serve, and how you generate leads will accelerate your business. It will allow you to become more clear, more concise, conversations where you're talking with people, you will more quickly know, do I fit this person? Do they fit me? Do I want to serve them? Do I have somebody to connect them with? You can quickly rule them out. You will have more satisfied customers than ever before, and you yourself will find more satisfaction in what you do. And then when it comes to generating leads, you will have the ability to find them so much easier to harness that and to be able to continue the machine of having them come in, which is a whole nother conversation of capturing those leads. But when you have conversations with people, you will so quickly be able to say, I can serve you. Or in some cases, and sometimes a better scenario is, huh, I don't do what you're asking for. All in all, being hyper-focused can make or break your business. If you're willing to redirect the ship for any single person that asks you, hey, will you go over here? Will you go over there? Will you do this? Will you do that? Instead of this, can we tweak this? And eventually... You're wasting, you know, if we're using the ship analogy, you're wasting so much fuel. You're wasting so much time by bouncing back and forth. You know, it's like a ping pong match of your direction. So instead saying, no, I I actually only go in one direction. I actually only do this. I only serve these people. I only work with. And so to be able to set that expectation, that understanding, those clear guardrails, those clear parameters, and be crystal clear and say, this just isn't going to work, or 100%, I know how I can get you the results. Because bottom line, at the end of the conversation, all of this episode comes back to the more hyper-focused you are, the better you will be able to serve your clients, your customers, and the better results you will get. Therefore, the better relationships you will build and the better reviews that you will be given. Marketing Breakthrough is a community of entrepreneurs with a vision of creating meaningful, sustainable businesses that allow freedom, fun, and adventure in their lives. Time is the only resource you can't get more of, so we believe in finding a way to achieve our entrepreneurial dreams with freedom in mind. We've designed this resource hub of tools, tricks, and techniques to grow your business and live the life that you set out to create.